Welcome to the Pi Sigma Epsilon podcast, where we bring you a business advantage for life in the time that it takes to walk to class or drive to work. I'm Kristen Pearson, the Director of Member Services at the Pi Sigma Epsilon National Headquarters. And I'm Daniel Schultz, the Collegiate Vice President of Pi Sigma Epsilon and President of the Ball State Epsilon Epsilon Chapter. And today we have a special guest, Daniel Botero. Hey, Daniel, how are you? I am doing excellent. How are you both doing today? Doing great. Doing fantastic. So, Daniel, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and the projects that you work on? Absolutely. So, a little bit about myself. I was a first-generation student, and I'll be honest with you guys, I was not the best student in high school or even in college. I graduated with a 2.8 GPA in high school, went to community college first because I didn't get accepted to any university. Use um, There's a program in Florida where you can direct connect to a university. And ultimately, I thought that if you went to school in America, you got a job. And so um, that ended up happening for me. I graduated college. I had multiple job offers. And my, I, I accepted a job offer with PepsiCo. And it was my first semester out of college where I was now going back to career fair. And I was on the other side of the table. And I was seeing uh, so many students lining up to try to uh, – give their resume to a PepsiCo recruiter like myself and I realized how many of them were like what are you doing like they had no idea they were clueless <laughs> my friends were graduating couldn't get a job and so that ultimately what started of me trying to help my friends get jobs at PepsiCo fast forward to eight years later that has become my passion project now my business for the last two years where I help college students get jobs. Okay, so before we go into specifically your successful book and the podcast that you actually run personally, could you tell us a bit more about why that was so important to you? Uh, because obviously it might be because it came from your background or was it something that you experienced in your college career, but why exactly did this become your passion project? It, it became a passion project of mine because first of all, there, a lot of people were going to college because they were, they were saying, hey, this is the right way to, to reach success. And I saw a lot of my friends, like the people that I went to school with, the people I went to high school with, that were graduating with thousands of dollars with the student loans, and then they couldn't find jobs. Like, and the jobs that they were finding were jobs that they didn't require a degree. They were making less than $30,000 a year, and they were struggling, that like, couldn't pay their student debt, and we're in a worse position than if they would have just gone to the workforce in the first place. So I was, it was this guy, like, so it was me, the guy that didn't have the highest, like wasn't the smartest kid, book smart, yet I was making two times more than all my friends. And they were all like, hey, can I get a job at PepsiCo? Like, they're like amazing. They're like, this company pays you so well. Little did I know too that there's a lot of companies like PepsiCo that pay well, that have great programs that, um, develop you that like give you all these resources and so I started out helping my friends and I got 15 people into PepsiCo within the first couple of years wow. to the point that like HR was like you can no longer get referral <laughs> bonuses so, like, Stop. <laughs> and so what I part of my, I became so passionate about it because it was changing my friends lives like they get a job at PepsiCo they were able to then make great money they were buying houses, they were able to start families, all because they had a great job. And I saw that impact. So I was traveling, I got promoted at PepsiCo and I became an account manager where I was overseeing the Southeast and I had Target, CVS and Walgreens. 
And so um, I would go to, uh, I was part of DSP, guys, don't hate me, don't shoot me. <laughs> and as I was having business meetings in different areas of town, like different states, I would go reach out to a local DSP chapter, speak, give back, just like you guys have a lot of alumni. And I would say, hey, this is how you get a job at PepsiCo. <laughs> then I was like, how do I, can this, can my techniques help um, what if you don't want to work at Pepsi? Because not everybody's meant to go work at PepsiCo. And to me, if I have a hammer, all, if you only have a hammer, you just, every, everything becomes a nail. But I was like, can this work with anything else? So I became the district director for the DSP chapter at the university I went to, trying to give back. And I started teaching them what I was teaching my friends on how to get a job. And at that time, like national statistics are that two out of three students graduate with no job. Those are just national statistics. I told that chapter and I said, I want 100% of you to graduate with a job. If I need to be here every chapter meeting, I will do it. Um, three years in a row, 100% of them have gotten jobs. And awesome. to me, I was like, okay, we got something. Like this, are, this is working. Mm -hmm. And so that really led for me to make a jump from corporate America. My wife cried, my mom cried, my dog was happy. <laughs> oh, no. She's the only one who was happy that I was home all the time. And I started this mastering college to career. And that's kind of how I started. It became a passion project to why don't I just do this all the time? Yeah, that's amazing. And don't worry, we don't hate you because you're in Delta Sigma Pi. We actually love their organization. Um, personally, I've worked with a lot of people on their staff and we get to see each other at conferences all the time. So um, hello to our friends in DSP. Um, but then, so you're talking about your mastering college to career. What led you to, like, what led you to realize that you needed to write a book? What was... Why a book? Well, I've, I've always, even though I'm not good at school, I've always enjoyed books. Like I, I always think about what is a book and the easiest way to explain a book, which then leads to why I wrote the book is a book. Generally on average book is 200 pages and it, it's all this condensed five to 10, 20 years of someone's research experience, thoughts, into the most condensed form they could write, which is a 200 page document. And so if you think about that, you can in four hours read what someone's taken countless hours, years uh, of research into it. And so I wanted to do that same thing back to students. I wanted to create a book that I will give a student a step-by-step -step process on how to go from, hey, I'm lost because one third of my book is all about self-assessment to, okay, now I know where I want to work. Now I know what I need to do to get their attention, how to interview, how to build the resume, all the way to negotiating salary and give them all to them so that they could do it in four hours. Like they can read the book in four hours, but I promise you it's not a like, oh, I read the book. I, like you have to execute the strategies to be successful. Absolutely. So when you were going through that, you said that you've had kind of a different background, maybe didn't do so well in school, but then you're coming to write a book. So what were some of the challenges and what did that writing process look like for you when you were going through it? So I read a book called Published and that book literally is a step-by-step -step guide on how to publish your own book. And so I followed it. And because this is my full-time job, I literally spent three days, uh, probably 50 hours in those, for the, sorry, three weeks, not three days, three weeks, I would go to this dog park, let my dog run around for eight hours, and I would just type away. And I did it. So I wrote the book in three weeks. But because I'm not the best at school, I'm not the best at spelling and grammar, 
what took me the longest is actually getting edited. So writing the book, I had already been speaking at like, I had already spoken at over 30 different universities by that time. And so the content was already there. I had already got the speech, the outline. I've already seen hundreds of students find success from it. It was just putting it in a, in a book, which is my biggest fear. Like it was always like, how do I write 200 pages? And I honestly wrote like 350 pages, but after editing, they're like, take all this fluff out. And it just became 200. <laughs> sure. So um, getting more into your book, what are some of the key focuses that it elaborates on? You said you mentioned the self-assessment in the beginning, but then what are some of the things that you're teaching uh, your readers? So the book is broken down into three main sections. It's assess, acquire, and achieve. The first section is all about self-assessment because I think that is the biggest thing that most students fail to do is take the time to figure out where do they see their ideal life five to 10 years after they graduate and then reverse engineer it. Once they figure that out, they'll come up with the top 10 companies that they want to work for. Uh, I really talk about having a focused approach. Then that moves you to that acquire. Once you know where you want to work, the goal is not to acquire the soft and technical skills that those companies are looking for. And then once you acquire, the last stage of the book is achieve. It's how do you get noticed? How do you land the interview? How do you uh, go from now I know where I want to work to actually getting the job offer and negotiating salary and negotiating everything else? So um, that and some of the strategies a lot have to do with self-assessment, uh, networking, personal branding. Um, really, doesn't matter what major you are. It comes down to selling yourself. And I'm glad you mentioned that with selling yourself. That's a lot of what we preach here at Pi Sigma Epsilon as well as that even if you're not a sales major or a business major, even selling is a part of everyone's life. If you're a speech pathologist, someone I was talking to when we were doing a chapter visit recently, you have to, if you're going to have your own business and be a proprietor, you need to market your business and sell yourself. So it's, it's really great that you were able to bring that up there. Um, if someone obviously was to take only a couple of things from your book, they wouldn't be as successful. But if you were to pick just one of the one or two things that you think are most pivotal from your book, what do you think those would be? I think number one is um, use LinkedIn. I think LinkedIn is uh, the biggest tool out there for any student to utilize um, and network with people on LinkedIn. Like people need to understand that, uh, most companies nowadays have an applicant tracking system. And so when you apply online, um, the odds are, even if you have the best resume, the odds are that your resume is not going to get a fair shot, right? Mm -hmm. The applicant tracking system will delete it. And even if a recruiter sees it, they're only spending six seconds. So what I want you to think about this, like, um, is what sells better? A great product, a perfect product that no one knows about, or an average product that is marketed well. And it's the same thing with you as a student. You could be the best student, but if no one knows you exist because you just apply online and your resume gets lost because the average company gets 250 resumes per roll, then it's no, it's the odds no one's really gonna see it. And if they see it, they're gonna see it for six seconds. And you spend your whole life building that resume. But instead, what if you could get your resume in front of the decision maker bypassing the applicant tracking system, bypassing the six second resume check. Doesn't matter if you are not the most qualified student, you have a better shot. And so 
that would be my biggest takeaway. And LinkedIn is the easiest way to find a decision maker. Absolutely. So uh, first of all, I want to congratulate on, congratulate you on your success of the book. I know it's on the Amazon bestsellers. I think it's in the top 100 for um, currently right now. It's in the top 100 for internship books. I think I saw it on a couple other rankings too. That's incredible. So there was an overwhelmingly amount of great reviews on there. I think it was like 150, like five star, and then maybe one four star, but then it, that was it. So when I was looking into it, that's amazing. So congratulations on that. And um, well, the final question about the book is what, when it comes to marketing it, what was some of your strategies? Because you just kind of elaborated on marketing as kind of a lot more important than maybe having the most perfect product out there. How did you market your book? So I had a launch period where, so I utilize my network and connections and I have great relationships with a lot of uh, different universities across the state of Florida as well with a lot of professors. So the easiest way I could describe it is I felt like I was running for president and I was campaigning and it was three <laughs> days before elections. And so I had <laughs> probably over 25 speaking engagements in the first two weeks of my book where I had given a digital copy of my book to all the like the organize, the meeting organizers that organize those speaking events. And usually I charge for speaking, but that those two weeks is like, I'm free. Just like, <laughs> I, I'm not only free, but I'm going to give you my book for free. Cause all I care about was making sure that people were downloading the book. Cause it, my book was also free on Amazon on Kindle for the first mm -hmm. week and asking them, look, if you found value in my speech, read, like read the book and leave me a review and like mm -hmm. guilt trip them. Like to the point where like, Hey, if there's value, go, just leave me a review. Um, and so that is how I got all those reviews. It, it came down to a lot of time and, and just going out and speaking. I, I couldn't speak after two weeks. I, my voice was gone. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I suppose that's a pretty good thing if you were able to talk yourself uh, out of a voice and it obviously did well for you that you're doing very well now and your book is doing well. Uh, and I'm assuming your, your public speaking business is too. Uh, when it comes to your podcast, then kind of to switch gears, you have your own podcast. What are some of the goals that you have for your show? And why did you start that specifically? So I started the podcast because what was happening is that I noticed that students were asking, were reaching out to me on LinkedIn. So I would go speak at my whole career kind of started with speaking. And what would happen is that people would, I would talk about LinkedIn and how it's such a great tool. Then what would happen is the students would come on LinkedIn and then come connect with me. And I was answering the same questions over and over. And they were like, can you mentor me? Can you mentor me? Can you mentor me? So in the beginning, I was like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and I got to a point like, I can't. Like, that's it. I'm done. But I still want to help. And so that is where the podcast came in. It became a way so I could mentor and scale my mentoring services, right? So now when people, there's that 80-20 rule. 80% 80 of the questions students have are answered on my podcast. Do I answer everything? No, because you have questions that are just about you and your specific uh, situation. But now I cut that into like my 80% generally. What, what it, that was the idea and mm -hmm. it, it's worked, right? So now a lot of them, I'll just be like, oh, you want advice in the career fair? Episode five, episode 27. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect and very, very useful. So what's your next big goal after this? You have this podcast that's helping a lot of people. You have a book that's helping a ton of people. You know, what's the next thing? 
So I, um, I'm a first-generation college student and a minority student. And I found, even through looking at some of the data, that those particular students struggle more to not only finish college, but to find uh, employment. And so that's where I've been focusing a lot more is helping first-generation minority students. And what I've realized is a lot of the, those students, like myself, attend community college first. And, um, and those community colleges don't have the resources that a large state university has when it comes to their career service department. And a lot of companies do not go and recruit from um, community colleges, not big companies that like that pay well that you can have a career with. So I want to, I want to level the playing field. Actually, that is like what I want to focus in 2020. Uh, one of my big three focus in 2020 is trying to level the playing field by creating courses that can supplement what the universities or small private universities do not have. Mm -hmm. That's great. And so as we're kind of getting here to this last question, you've mentioned exactly what your goals are. You want to create those courses, want to make some of this information more accessible. That's why you wrote the book. That's why you do the podcast and why you speak. If someone is looking to check out your work and to find out more about you, where could they find you? Go ahead and shout yourself out real quick. Absolutely. You can find me on masteringcollegetocareer.com or you can also find me on my favorite platform, LinkedIn. And you, it is... Daniel Botero. And if you type Daniel Botero, I'm pretty sure I'll pop up. We probably have like 2,500 common connections because that's, I live on LinkedIn. <laughs> and then of course, how can someone find your podcast if they want to hear that? Yeah. Anywhere that you can, li you're listening to this podcast, you can listen to, uh, you can find Mastering College to Career. And then it's the same name for the book. So everywhere you just type Mastering College to Career, you'll see the book the website, the online courses, everything, my name. So more than happy. If you have any questions, I will answer them. And if I've already answered it, I'll give you a podcast episode. Perfect. And we'll put links to all of Daniel's um, work in the show notes of the podcast. And so, Daniel, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day and out of all of the amazing work that you're doing. We're certainly thankful for you to you because you share kind of the same vision as we do at Pi Sigma Epsilon. We're truly just here to, you know, leave a mark and better the lives of other people through, you know, college and um, the experience that they can get there or even before there. So thank you so much. Um, we were so happy to have you. And I want to end the show on this one last question that we ask everybody. Um, Daniel, what is your business advantage for life? My business advantage for life, I would have to say networking. Um, even when I've been t I told you guys earlier that I was not the best student and I ended up getting a lot of job offers, it all had to do with networking and that ability that networking opens so many doors. The fact that over 85% of jobs are filled through networking, like to me, uh, that has always been the reason why I've been able to be successful. That has been the reason why my book ranked uh, really high, why my podcast is successful. Um, if, if you were to take away networking from my skill sets, I'll, I, I, yeah, I don't even know what I, would, I don't even know what I would be right now. So that is my business advantage for life.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.